welcome to the Little Heart Warrior podcast, a podcast to share stories about congenital heart disease. Today we're speaking to Georgia from the Isle of Wight who shares Teddy's story. Teddy was diagnosed at Georgia's 20-week scan with double right outlet, left isomerism, AVSD and situs inversus. I hope you enjoy the podcast and if you do, please rate and subscribe. Okay, so thanks, Georgia, for coming on to the podcast. Um, so just want to talk about um, Teddy's story, what your journey's been so far, um, learn a bit, little bit more about his diagnosis, um, mm-hmm. pregnancy, labour, you know, the whole works, um, yeah. <laughs> everything that's around congenital heart disease. would love to know a bit more about you. And I thought the best place to start was probably at the beginning. So when you found out you were pregnant. Yeah, so uh, he... Teddy was planned. Um, <laughs> Twelve weeks scan, lovely. First time mum, completely naive. Went to the twenty week scan, really, really, really excited. Couldn't wait to see the baby again. And that's when they found that sonographer was incredible. Um, she said, "Oh, your baby's heart's on the wrong side." And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know if the baby would survive I was just didn't know anything it was really scary so from there mm. that was on the right my local and then three days later we went to Southampton for more heart scans and it was very very detailed really long scan and the sonographer was she was a bit scary to be honest and she stayed quiet throughout the whole thing and there was lots of whispering and then we were whisked into a little room my husband and I and they drew lots of pictures of the baby's heart and yeah that was like wow okay this is real so that was so was that fetal medicine so after the yeah okay so after the initial 20-week scan they sent us over Southampton for the specialist scan yeah Mm. and that's when it all (laughs) began yeah so what did they so what did they say to you at the time what were their um lots of things lots of pictures lots of information and to be honest it was very very overwhelming at one point I I said do are you telling me I should terminate this baby because I didn't understand what they were telling me Mm. Um, I'd never known a poorly baby and being a first-time mum you you know you just expect your baby to be healthy and if you hear anything else oh okay um but Southampton were incredible they're like no it's okay um we can do surgery and we'll just have to see how baby is when they come out and they might need surgery straight away they might need it in a few months so the whole pregnancy I was a nervous wreck I couldn't mm. relax the whole time I was I was scared you know I didn't know if baby would survive I didn't know what you know and I didn't realize CHD was so common I wish mm. someone had said to me look don't worry um yeah it's really common. one in 125 babies have a heart condition but you just don't hear of these things. It's not public knowledge. I was talking to no. a woman and I said, oh, Teddy's got a heart condition. She went, oh, wow. And I said, well, it's really common actually. And it doesn't, mm. it's not as scary as it sounds. Yeah, first. absolutely. It is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's weird, isn't it? Because you feel like, now you feel like you're part of this kind of world of congenital heart disease and you, yeah. there are so many people in it and you're, you, it's kind of this new world that, nobody really wants to be part of because no yeah. one wants a baby with a heart condition obviously yeah. but um but at the same time it's like oh okay this is there's okay. so many of us <laughs> yeah there's so many of us I get it okay this is starting to feel a bit more 
my normal now. He, like, yeah, yeah. Maisie's normal, doesn't it, after a little while? Mm-hmm. So what happened? So when you had your 20 week scan, so I imagine, so did you have any scans after that? Yeah, several. We, I think we were going back and forth to Southampton every, it was quite often, maybe every four weeks after that. Um, there was always more and more information and yeah, I was meant to be induced at 39 weeks over in Southampton. As I said, I'm from the Isle of Wight, so we'd have to go over there, find a hotel, blah, 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 blah. And they, but, did they say that you had to be induced then? Were they sort of like, you can't yeah, go because they wanted to there in case surgery happened straight away. Um, so that was fine. I was like, okay. And me being naive, I thought, oh, first babies, they're always late. You know, everyone says that. But my waters broke at 37 weeks, bang on. Obviously, I was on the Isle of Wight. I was meant to be at work that day. I didn't have any bags packed. I was mm. I had all the baby stuff. I I was in my pajama bottoms and flip flops in the middle of November. Yeah. <laughs> we went to my local hospital and I was there for three or four hours. And they said, right, we're gonna airlift you to Southampton. So I was in a helicopter at five a.m. having contractions in labour. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah. We were over to Southampton. We actually went with the Coast Guard helicopter so my husband could come because originally it was meant to be the air ambulance and you can only have the mother and the midwife. Um, but we got the Coast Guard, which was bigger, and they said, yep, come on. So that was a big relief for me because the midwife, mm. I didn't know her. She was someone who just stepped in and said, right, you're going in a helicopter. She was absolutely petrified. I was mm. petrified. <laughs> I bet. Going, wow, look at this. I was like, I hate you. <laughs> oh. But anyway, we got to Southampton, um, I think about, the whole labour was about 17 hours, and then Teddy popped out, (laughs) and um, he was, because they used forceps and suction caps and things, he was really, really blue and bruised, so they Mm. thought he was a blue baby, so had a really quick cuddle, and then they whisked him away, and were doing lots of checks on him, and I wasn't aware, I was completely out of it, obviously. My husband kept standing up to have a look at Teddy because he wanted to see what's going on. And they kept telling him to sit down, sit down. And he was getting really, really stressed. He didn't know know, what was going on. Um, But it was just bruising. He was really battered, bless him. He looked such a mess. And we stayed in Southampton for eight days just while they monitored his heart. And they said, right, you can go now. And I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Surgery, I didn't. I didn't know how to look after a baby. I didn't even know how to change a nappy. Um, but one thing I'm really, really grateful for is that the nurses at Ocean Ward in Southampton, they literally showed me how to breastfeed. I had no idea. Mm. They, so I was really, really grateful for that. Um, we did get a lot of help that we wouldn't have had if we'd had a healthy baby and just sent home. So in that way, it was really good, actually. Yeah. Hands and, you know, this is how you breastfeed. This is how you do. Yeah, it was amazing. They are absolutely amazing, aren't they? And I can imagine for you, I mean, I had Maisie, she was uh, my second child, so I'd already had a healthy heart baby prior, so I kind of knew what to expect from that from that side. So I can imagine being a first-time mum in that situation, like so much uncertainty, so many... Uh, yeah. being, being a first-time mum anyway is kind of, like, mind-blowing. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but going through that as well after labour being airlifted, I mean, what an absolute... That's crazy like it, was a, like, it was an out-of-body experience I was like, this is not happening to me I surely could not be in a 
helicopter yeah it was just nuts but yeah yeah it doesn't feel real now when you say to people they're like oh my god that's mad and it is mad like I yeah it's in a helicopter no. <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> have this you see you're pregnant again as we shared earlier you're 30 weeks pregnant and when you have this this baby I imagine it's just going to be like an absolute like oh okay <laughs> this is how it goes no helicopters yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. hopefully yeah I'm sure it, yeah I'm sure it'll be fine um and then so just to go back into the so on so I just wanted to ask a question around your 20 weeks scan so we had uh, when Maisie had went to meet fetal medicine they'd said um they offered us an amniocentesis at the time to talk about whether because generally I think the the, the kind of the, the thoughts at the time were uh, well, sorry just generally the thoughts are that it, heart conditions um don't necessarily commonly have um sort of a syndrome um att attached to them or a gen genetic um, disorder yeah. attached to them but if you have a genetic disorder or a syndrome you typically do have a heart condition as well yeah. um yeah. which is something I learned and I never knew which kind of blows your mind in terms of how yeah. difficult that must be to try and um come to terms with all of those that information that's coming at you yeah. um did was that the same experience for you when you we were, were with offered it. and um to be honest when they said there's a one percent chance of miscarriage I was like nah, I'm not risking it yeah I think we were the same so yeah I didn't I didn't take it that scared yeah. me too much so that sort of from your 20 week scan and to up to 30 um 39 weeks when you were induced what was that period of time like how did you I wasn't how did induced. you get your head <laughs> oh you were oh yeah of course you... um I found I, I kept really busy I was just working really really hard I was at school at the time so I didn't have time to really really relax I did I don't know and there were no support groups like this so I we couldn't talk to anyone mm. um I didn't know you know little heart matters or tiny tickers or even the families of ocean ward existed so we we just kind of got on with it and yeah we would google things but it wasn't very helpful and it scares you and mm. I tried to you know have a chilled pregnancy but in the back of my mind every day I was like oh, I don't have a healthy baby mm. so it's, it's not that easy and then which is different this time around. I'm 30 weeks pregnant and at the 20 week scan, we went to Southampton to a specialist 20 week scan and touch wood, they said, your baby looks healthy. So since then, I feel really relaxed. I've really enjoyed mm. the pregnancy. Um, yeah, it's very different. Very yeah. Different. And I yeah, wonder I if when this baby pops out, if I'll be like, oh, okay, I can chill a bit. I don't need to panic. Like baby's breathing okay. I don't need to check on the baby every 10 seconds. and yeah blue are their fingers blue are they raspy breath you know hopefully mm. <laughs> relax yeah, yeah you can just look at them and just look at them and just enjoy them instead of worrying yeah. can't, can't yeah. you yeah absolutely this is, normal. this is what most parents go through and we've not experienced that yet so yeah nice yeah I bet. Oh, it'd be, oh it'd be lovely it'll be blissful <laughs> fingers crossed yeah absolutely so in terms of so did they say to you when at your when you went to fetal medicine did they say to you um how long you would be in hospital for that or they just didn't know they just had to kind of see what they it's didn't like know. They, they kind of gave us worst case scenarios saying you know baby might have to have surgery straight away as soon as they're born um but yeah they just monitored teddy for eight days 
Um, and then on the, they said, you're fine to go home. So for us, that was like amazing. We had bags and bags and bags of stuff. My mum mm. obviously had to come over to Southampton and bring us all our clothes. We didn't have anything where we'd been in a helicopter. I just had baby grows and nappies. I didn't even have a spare pair of pants, to be honest. Yeah. It was just oh crazy. My, my husband was in the same clothes for three days. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but we, no, we were really lucky. We were in there eight days and then we came home. And then I think Teddy had uh, checkups every few weeks. And then we got a phone call uh, saying Teddy will have his uh, a PA band when he's five months old. So that was May 2019. Mm. But yeah they were just monitoring him and for us it was like wow but we were on the edge of our seats like when is he gonna have surgery like you can't relax because you think mm. oh, I'll be in hospital yeah so where did you stay when you were there so there so you were obviously you gave, so you gave birth in Princess Anne presumably did yeah. you yeah. yeah and then you went over to the ocean went over to Ocean Ward yeah, yeah, yeah. so I stayed we were really lucky actually I stayed with Teddy on the ward for the whole eight days but then my husband couldn't stay um so he was over in Ronald Woodnonald so we were mm -hmm. we were very very lucky and this is pre-covid so you know both parents could be there so yeah. I was very grateful for that I do feel sorry for the parents who were only allowed one on the ward that's yeah tough. yeah that is that is really tough yeah it is isn't it you need each other during that time don't you for sure yeah and those nurses are just phenomenal, aren't yeah, they? they? The support they give you. I know. So good. Angels. Absolute <laughs> angels. Um, okay, so, so, so Teddy was in, so he would have been in neonatal for, was he just there for one day and then he went straight over to the cardiac ward? I think he was, yeah, I think it was about 24 hours. It wasn't long. And then, yeah, we went over to, yeah, Ocean Ward Cardiac Ward for a week. Mm. Uh, yeah. And we were so pleasantly surprised. We didn't know, obviously, like I've said, we didn't know if he would be rushed to have surgery, but they were just so happy with him. Yeah, that's great. He really well, bless him. So, yeah. We so did they home. have to, they didn't have any medication during that time? He was just monitored on the ward rounds and yeah I don't think he was on any medication I can't really remember to be honest it feels like a lifetime ago but then also like five minutes is really weird um yeah I don't think he was on any meds they were literally just monitoring him yeah from what I can remember yeah <laughs> I know yeah it's two and a half years ago it's a while ago yeah, isn't it? yeah it was a long time <laughs> and then so talk us through so um Teddy's diagnosis so he's got four different types of yeah he, yeah are they all he's got um the, the first thing so when I had my 20-week scan the the initial one she said her oh, heart's on the wrong side so that turns out that it's situs inversus never heard of it but Enrique Iglesias mm. it so oh, really uh, is it nice when you hear that someone else has yeah, a heart condition as a grown-up and you think oh okay okay yes. <laughs> beautiful man hooray yeah so, <laughs> So Teddy's heart's on the wrong side and his liver and his stomach are on the wrong side. So they were worried about his stomach and if he'd be able to eat properly and, oh my God, he eats like a pig. So there's no problem yeah. there. Who's <laughs> like a trooper. So yeah, that was a big relief. <laughs> so that was the first one. And then obviously went to Southampton for the fetal scans and then the lovely Dr. Black. Oh, he's just so lovely. 
he obviously drew us pictures and said, right, it looks like your baby has double outlet right ventricle. And all these crazy terms come out, which you, I didn't know what he was talking about. And left isomerism, AVSD. Yeah, there's several things and it still doesn't make much sense to me, but in simple language, basically Teddy's heart is backwards. Mm -hmm. So it will, it will need replumbing. It's coping at the moment. He's two and a half now. And you wouldn't know there's anything wrong with him. He's running around like mm. mad. So yeah, that's how I explain to people his heart's backwards and it needs replumbing. So, yeah. so it's not that it's on the left side. Uh, the so it's right. on the on the right, so it's on the right side, but it's just back backwards. Yeah, Is that right. So yeah, it's on the opposite side and turn. So when they do, yeah, scan, okay, they get the doctors, sonographers, people. They they have to draw pictures and things. It's very confusing. Obviously, it's not yeah, it's two things. It's on the wrong side and it's the other way. So it must be really hard for them. Bless them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay, so and then he's got an AVSD as well. So that's a hole. Is that a hole? Yeah, so there's a yeah, there's a big hole. They're not really worried about that to be honest. I thought that was mm. a big issue, but that makes it better so the blood can go into the other chambers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think that's a huge issue. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, okay. And then um so so what happened? So you got him home and how did you have to go home with anything? Any sats monitoring or were you? No, absolutely nothing, which for us was terrifying because yeah, yeah. on the monitor 24 seven for eight days, beep, beep, beep. And those noises yeah, when you beep. We didn't have anything with us. So we were literally checking him. I mean, he was a dreadful sleeper anyway, but yeah, I couldn't relax at all the whole time I was. Mm checking he was breathing you know when they're so tiny and they're all snuggled up and you can't see mm. their chest move when they're breathing so I was always yeah checking him so that was yeah, a huge difference from being on the ward surrounded by all these machines and nurses and to having nothing and you're like oh my god feels such <laughs> an extreme doesn't it there you go yeah off you pop where's the sats monitor I need yeah, the numbers <laughs> rubbish that's monitor now that goes on his finger and he won't keep it on it's rubbish so yeah I never check his sats so we're lucky we have a nurse that comes every three weeks to take his sats so yeah I try not to get too um obsessed with it so I know a lot yeah some people check their kids every day and I think I just look at him if he's running around he's a good color yeah so. yeah absolutely best way to be is now I wish you can um sort of almost do your own head in by Absolutely. By the numbers. Yeah. So he then, so you left hospital. He then had a PA band fitted at five months, did you say? Yes. Yeah. Bless him. Um, and it all looked good. So we, he was obviously in PQ, not for long actually. It was only a little incision mm -hmm. to put the PA band in. And then he came up to Ocean Ward. And then a really lovely nurse called Harriet's. I was just gone to bed. It was 11 pm. Um, she came and she said, look, um, I think Teddy's struggling a little bit. So I'm going to ask someone to come up and do an X-ray. Okay. So I rang my husband, who was a Ronald McDonald. He said, it's got to be serious. You don't just do X-rays in the middle of the night. Mm. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't think of that. So he rushed over from Ronald McDonald and yeah, did an X-ray. And they said, oh, he's, he's leaking a lot of fluid. I felt really guilty that I didn't notice it. So I'm not 
qualified I'm not a nurse yeah so yeah and he went down for surgery a couple of hours later and I think that was the hardest bit for me because the PA band was such a little cut and then they completely opened up his chest so he's got a you know proper scar now bless him and mm. reopened him just three days later because his left lung had collapsed because there was just so much fluid and they put lots of drains in him um yeah that was that was the hardest bit because mm. when you I think when you think heart surgery you think yeah there's going to be a scar all the way down his chest and when he came back from the PA band it was just that I thought oh that's really good you know that's a tiny mm. bit of scar and then like I say three days later they did the big one I was like oh yeah that was tough that was really really tough and like, I felt guilty like I, I felt I should have noticed that he was struggling but you know thank god for that nurse she was amazing bless her yeah yeah and that's why they're there isn't it to, to help us because we you know as parents we don't know like we've no. never been in that position before no. and especially where you were a first-time mum as well is that you haven't even got a point of reference on a healthy baby of what they do and they do weird stuff all the time with yeah, a sort yeah, of a yeah. healthy heart baby so yeah. it's really difficult to, yeah, to know isn't it and you yeah. and that guilt I just feel like never leaves you does it you're always no. feeling guilty that yeah what if the, what if the nurse one of the when we had the community nurse when they come around and they spotted something that I didn't spot and yeah it's I can I can completely emphasize with you it's really it is really difficult isn't it yeah. so he so he so what did, surgery did you so you didn't expect three days later for him to have a bigger surgery no, then no, it's not. we were just going for the PA band and then we thought we'd go home and then yeah like I say they opened him up again and um as far as I'm aware I don't think he had any I can't really remember he just had loads of drains coming out of him I think mm. fluid around the heart and the lungs um I can't remember the actual name of the surgery but oh the surgeon was amazing I remember he knocked on our door I think it was he was I think Teddy went down at 4 a.m and 9 a.m the surgeon knocked on we tried to get some sleep but you mm. can't <laughs> no no <laughs> at 9 a.m I thought it was Mr Larson mm -hmm. he knocked on the door and said it's all gone well you can come and see him in Piku so yeah and so when they did that surgery so was that to fix something as well so it wasn't just to deal with the I, I leakage think, I think I think they must have nicked something in his heart I'm to be honest my husband probably better at remembering me um you know when you like remove bad yeah yeah I'm like oh let's put that in the back of my mind because it's not pleasant um I don't actually know what surgery they did. That sounds really bad. Bad mum. I don't blame you. I compartmentalise so much that I just don't want to yeah. think about it anymore. So it's completely understandable. I can totally yeah. understand. And so when you had, so when he had that surgery, where did you, how long were you in hospital after that? Uh, I think that was a further eight days. So it was just, I think it was about two, we're only over there for about two weeks, which was incredible yeah. really. It is really, isn't it? Yeah. And obviously he was, he actually came out when he was bang on six months old, bless him. And um, yeah, they're just amazing, these babies. Like they're know, so, aren't they? they've got a huge scar down their chest. It looks so incredibly sore and they're just smiling up at you. You know, know. Thinking, oh God, you're amazing. Like as an I adult, know. I'd be so miserable. I know. <laughs> I know you look at them and just they're just so inspiring aren't they you yeah, just think absolutely. how 
how resilient are you like oh no I go for a run and I'm complaining and I think just push yourself that a bit harder because maybe you can do absolutely it's absolutely crazy isn't it they are absolute absolute warriors I, and I'm sure when they when they at the older they get as well I'm sure these experiences are going to make them even stronger and even more resilient as they grow up more so than I think so healthy heart babies because they've had such a different start they've had to cope with so much already from such a young age so I do wonder what that looks like later on bless them yeah they are lovely lovely little angels um and so so the so so what happened thereafter so you had that sort of the bigger surgery yeah I had that done five months and six months and we came out and we were sent home again and then from then on we had a nurse coming around weekly um, to check his sats and check his weight. There was a lot of pressure on me to not breastfeed Teddy, mm. which I found incredibly sad. And as a first time mum, you think, um, you're getting all these different information mm. and I wanted to do what I felt was right. And I'll be honest, the dietitian in Southampton, I, I didn't like her. She, she really, really put a lot of pressure on me and made me very, very stressed and unhappy to Put, um, to get Teddy to drink Infantrini, really like fatty mm. milk, and he would just vomit it up straight away. And it was completely pointless. He wasn't keeping anything down. So I breastfed him. I actually breastfed him for 24 months. No, 28 mm. months. Um, mm. He liked it. I got on with it, you know. So, um, yeah, so he was sent home when he was six months, had a nurse come every week to weigh him, check his oxygen, and then. He's been having checkups at Southampton every three months with Dr. Roman. Um, and they're happy with him. They just want him to get bigger and then he can have his full reconstructive surgery. So we estimate I'd be about four years old. So he's two mm. and a half. So, yeah. yeah. And so what does that, do they have to kind of like re-plummet presumably at that yeah, point? That's, yeah, that's how I explain it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's open. So it does sound crazy, doesn't it? When you think about how amazing that how the the things that they can do, I just, I I can't. Yeah, it's just mind-boggling, isn't it? Like mind-boggling. Oh, are they just going to turn the heart round? This is how naive you are. And like, no, no, we won't touch the heart. We'll just touch, you know, all the tubes. And I'm like, oh god, I know. Yeah, and they're not. Not blase about it, but I guess for them it's like changing a tire. Like, you know, mm. it's like go to do surgery or fix it. But for us, we're like, oh my God, that's yeah. Absolutely. That? And like you, and you did- how your kids are functioning as it is. Mm. Like, I don't know how Teddy's running around and got all this energy. His oxygen are around 75%. So you think, God, what would he be like if they were a hundred percent? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how's it so how is he doing? So how's he doing now? Yeah, very, very well. He had his last checkup in Southampton in May and Dr. Roman's really happy with him. Just said, you know, just keep feeding him up. They just want him to get bigger and stronger, don't they? Yeah. He's quite dizzy. He's quite small for his age, but I'm only five foot one. My husband's five ten. We're quite kind of I say I was petite before I got pregnant. Um so yeah, Teddy was never going to be a big boy, bless him. Um, so they want him to be 15 kilos. Initially, it was 10 kilos. And he's past that. He's about, I think he's nearly 12 kilos now, bless him. But um, mm. if he stays on his centile, 
he'll be about four years old when he's 15 kilos. Yeah. That's the next plan. And we're not seeing Dr. Rome until November for his next checkup. Yeah. The nurse comes, she comes every three weeks now. We made it a bit less through COVID because we didn't want people in the house, obviously. Mm. Shielding and things. Um, yeah. But he's, yeah, he's doing amazing. Bless him. I don't yeah. want to jinx it. I hate saying, oh, he's doing really, really well. You, I know. You expect, oh, he's going to get a cold. He's going to get COVID. So, no, but Touchwood, he's doing very well at the moment. Yeah, that's great. And, and have you thought about anything, any ways you're going to, he's obviously going to know more by the time he's four. Have you thought about how you're going to prepare him for all of that? Um, we've got lots of really lovely books um, mm. about heart surgery. And actually, he's been asking for one lately. It's really sweet. Charlie the Courageous. He keeps saying, Charlie, Charlie, blue baby, oh. doctors fix heart. So I think he kind oh. of understands that he's got a special heart. I'm always telling him, you have a really special heart, Teddy. Oh, I get emotional. And, oh. uh, so I think in a way he does understand. Uh, but yeah, I think four, yeah, it's going to be scary for him. Mm. Very scary. Going under anaesthetic and then, you know, being taken away for a four-year-old. When he was five months old, he didn't know what's going on. We were quite lucky. Mm. But yeah, he hates going to his checkups and his reviews. Absolutely hates it. They've had to do a lot of sedated scans because he just gets in such a state. And mm. obviously with the COVID thing, you've only been allowed one parent. So you're trying to pin down you know, a wriggly two-year-old who's screaming. And it's that's been really hard. It's the whole mm. one parent thing. I understand it, but if you're living with each other, do you know what I mean? I feel like yeah. at these appointments. Yeah. And I think just now and um so sort of reflecting back about, you know, it's always one of those things when you kind of uh, you're away from the hospital and away, and you've had a bit of time to kind of your head around just that crazy 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 first five months I imagine before he had that yeah. kind of bigger surgery mm -hmm. um is there anything reflections back where you think I wish I asked this question I wish I um had done this was there anything you would do differently or asked or wanted to know um, more about at that time I wish I wouldn't have put too much pressure on myself for Teddy to reach these milestones mm. that I I really stressed myself out. Teddy never crawled. And I I don't know if it's because he had heart surgery, didn't like being on his tummy at all. And I, I took him to little play groups, baby groups, and I felt I had to justify every time, oh, he can't sit up yet, he can't crawl yet. Mm. Like, why should I have to explain why my baby can't do that? I, and I look back now, I wish I hadn't done that. Do you know what I mean? You feel, mm. as a parent, you feel like, you're being judged all the time and there's babies crawling about and, you know, starting to wander about. And Teddy was obviously later than everyone because he had two blooming heart surgeries at five months yeah. old. I needed like a banner to, you know, take round with me. So judge me and my baby. He's, you know, a bit slower than the rest. But yeah, I put so much pressure on myself and I really stressed myself out that he wasn't sitting up, he wasn't crawling. And I really wish... I wouldn't do that. And with this baby, I won't. I'll let them yeah. take their time, you know, do things when they want to do things because they will get there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. They don't, they don't. It's not a problem. Yeah. You know, he's absolutely. alive. I was like, my baby's alive. He's had heart surgery. I'm just yeah. happy for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel the same with Maisie because when Maisie 
um, came out of hospital, she came out of hospital with a feeding tube and she, they didn't really know why, they didn't think it was anything to do with her heart because she had surgery at six days old sort of to fix yeah. the coarctation that she had. Yeah. Um, but she came out of a feeding tube, she just would not take breast or bottle at all, like just would not take it, was not interested. Um, and I remember just walking around with her with a feeding tube in and just people just staring and looking and oh I just remember just it used to just make me so sad because I knew they were thinking that she was like dreadfully ill but actually she'd just been through so much so I, I just felt like oh but you don't know how brave she is please don't look at her Absolutely. and feel like and pity her because she's just been through something that you know I've never been through anything like that like Adult, most adults haven't and yeah, yeah, yeah. pity her because actually look at her and see how brave she is because that's feels that's that's really that's the reality she's not she's not um kind of ill she, you know, she doesn't have a healthy heart like you know that's I understand that but she's not ill she's not struggling she's just fought yeah. a massive fight like how amazing is she yeah. and I thought I found that really difficult yeah. um Definitely. And it was just, it was probably more me, you know, it's probably more me than anything else is thinking yeah. that that was other people's perceptions. But I really struggled with that. My husband didn't care. <laughs> he was like, yeah. I don't care if people look at her. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference to me. And yeah, you know, it doesn't make any difference. But for me, it did. It, it, it felt, it brought yeah, all yeah. of that emotion back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do. I understand. It is, it's really difficult, isn't it? And also Maisie's small. She's really small. She's on like the first, what, like first percentile. Yeah. um she's she's always been small she's a small my little boy was small as well but um so everybody looks at her and they go oh my god she's so small she's so little and I'm like how much did she weigh I'm trying yeah. she when she was born she was 5 15 yeah yeah quite diddy. he was already quite diddy um yeah. and then obviously she had a feeding tube so there was something going on because once she had her surgery her full surgery at six months she um she started feeding oh love her <laughs> I know so I was it was amazing to have the feeding tube out which meant you couldn't really see anything on her face which meant she had yeah. a heart condition just her scar she's got two scars one there and one around the side from her first surgery Lovely. um but yeah I remember just having that off was like such a big relief because it was like oh my god you're like doing you're like feeding normally you know feeding oh. your child is like one of the biggest things isn't it so Lesser. yeah I complete I completely feel you when you're other people are kind of looking and you feel like they're judging and yeah and these perceptions of your child and you're like but you don't understand this is bravery yeah. this is good she's here yeah. she's quite like, she's amazing I'm a bad mum because my baby's not crawling it's just yeah. the pressure you put on yourself like absolutely oh, it's not absolutely. fair <laughs> it really it really isn't is it because it no. makes you stronger because you think god no this is this is so how are you? So how are you? How did you get through that time? You know, um, I, so when I was on the ward, when he's had his surgery, I made friends with a few mums and we kept in contact. We got a little heart group, <clears throat> excuse me, like a chat group on, um, it's called Facebook Messenger, mm -hmm. uh, called Heart Warriors. And there's yeah. six or seven of us. And that has been absolutely incredible. I'm so glad I have that support from the other mums. And we, I think we talk every day, um, just little things like, well, you know, my one's a bit poorly, my one's been in hospital, or my one's done this, my, you know, my one's going to nursery. And that has been absolutely incredible. As well as the little hearts matters, the tiny tickers mm -hmm. and families <clears throat> of Ocean Ward Facebook groups. I found them really helpful. 
and I do follow a lot of heart mums or heart parents on Instagram as well, which I find quite helpful, but then also quite upsetting, to be honest. Mm, so mm. for me, I'm, I'm very open. I'll talk about Teddy to anyone I meet because I'm just so proud of him. I don't keep my feelings to myself, you know. I'm very yeah. open. So talking to people, I find, has been very, very helpful. And I feel normal. I feel like Teddy is normal when I speak to mm. other people. And I don't feel sorry for him. And I don't feel sorry for myself when I'm chatting to these other people. You're like, wow, there's a big family of us, you know, mm -hmm. worldwide. There's so many heart kids out there. And you think, God, I'm not alone. Why should I be feeling sorry for myself? You know, mm. so many kids out there coping with this as well as Teddy. So I found that very, very helpful. Definitely. yeah yeah that's really it's really handy isn't it it's amazing like I said before like this world that you suddenly enter and you can't quite believe you're in it but yeah. when you are like what an amazing what an amazing bunch of children babies adults parents like, oh, how incredible to get through yeah. you know those harder times you know those surgery days those when the mm -hmm. baby's first born you know those hard times were are oh, really yeah. tough aren't they and you think mm -hmm. you know you there's nothing like knowing what someone else has been through to really kind of be like, I get it, I get it. Yeah, it's, hard. it's nice to be able to relate to people because mm. I've got lots of friends who've got kids and I'll talk to them, but they don't really understand. Mm. I mean, I think until you stood by your very, very poorly baby in Piku or Niku and they've had life-saving heart surgery, you can't relate to it. And that's fine, I can't relate mm. to something that other people have been through. So you need to be able to talk to people that have been through it. I yeah, absolutely. I do. I think I think if you don't, I think if you bottle something like that, because it comes with such a whirlwind of emotions, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And I remember sat and picked you and I thought it was for her after her first surgery. And I was sat there, she was six days old, was it seven days actually at that time? Um, and I was like, this is probably going to cause me post-traumatic stress because this is pretty intense and pretty stressful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Absolutely. Am I going to be okay after this? I, I, yeah. The thought of yeah. just the intensity of pick you is amazing because it's just the staff are phenomenal. How they keep everything quite light-hearted and they're quite yeah, yeah, you know, normal. Yeah, <laughs> it's not they're not intense, but the environment is so intense. The machines, the beeping when yeah, yeah. you know when all the doctors have to kind of rush to one bed and yeah, that intensity I I can never quite. I don't think I'll ever get over that level of intensity and I'm not I don't feel traumatized by it fortunately that fortunately yeah. um but I remember sitting in there thinking I can see how the, I could be if I don't talk about Absolutely. this with people and I need to be open about it I need to be honest about mm -hmm. it because otherwise I'm I probably am going to send myself a bit crazy yeah. here because I don't know I've not had to deal with it before no exactly I, re no, I remember what um, counseling but I, I feel all right at the moment. I might think mm. like when he has further surgery, but yeah, that was another thing that, um, oh, what are they called? Therapists, what are they called? Oh, the um, psychologists. That's the one, sorry, yeah. Uh, came around all the time and said, you know, if you want to chat and I really appreciated that. And I think actually my husband mate should have taken her up on that offer. Sometimes I think he struggles more than me, but um. I know a lot of heart mums go through counselling and, you know, mm. it is traumatising. It's 
it's really scary. You don't know if your baby's going to live, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it is, isn't it? Completely out of your hands. There's nothing you can do. You have to mm. put all your trust in these doctors, nurses, surgeons, and just sit there and watch. You just mm. feel helpless, like completely useless. You're their mum, but all you can do is hold their hand. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But that is that is that means so much more than anything else. So just being able to do that, yeah. isn't it? And it doesn't it make you just appreciate them so much more. Oh yeah, just, yeah, they've been through so much. They're so amazing. Yeah, yeah. So and just knowing like how fragile life is, really, just in general, they just really that is just a, such a example of how fragile it is and how lucky we are to have our babies who have been through so much and the nhs you know, like, what would we do without the nhs oh i know phenomenal i follow quite a few american mums who've got heart babies and their medical bills oh my god like really had millions and millions of pounds spent on him you know the helicopter ride <laughs> i think that's yeah. about grand by itself do you know what i mean yeah like, he's never been able to afford to get his heart fixed so thank goodness for the nhs we are so lucky yeah so absolutely nice. and they are just oh, amazing people aren't they those that everybody I came into contact with through our experiences is just phenomenal yeah really phenomenal so I just wanted to um end the podcast if I can Georgia with just two pieces of advice that you would like to share with parents that are in our positions we first found out you know, 20 week scans so uncertain about what the future yeah. looks like yeah what two pieces of advice would you like to share um I would say for this is not just for heart babies or it's the 20 week scan don't oh, I don't mean this in a negative way but don't get too excited I wish someone had said to me look this is the anomaly scan this is when they find if things are wrong with your baby because like mm. I say I went into that scan so incredibly excited and I came out of that scan devastated mm. so I'm not a negative person, but I just want to be realistic with mums and parents and say, look, just, oh, like, I don't want it to be negative, but I wish someone had said to me, yeah, you know, don't get too excited for the 20 week scan because this pregnancy, I was really scared and I came out really happy and that's mm. how it should be. But yeah, I don't know if that's very good advice, but I wish someone I had think, said. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's almost like, that it's almost like um sometimes I find with the 20-week scan is exciting because you think you might find out you know if you want to find out the gender of your baby that's when you find out but actually that scan isn't actually for that that scan yeah, is purposely exactly. there that's for a reality scan to make sure your baby's okay yeah. and um and yeah I could I completely understand what you mean sometimes yeah. you just think you know that make sure you actually check and ask questions at that scan because exactly. you know so many since this has happened to us um, especially with Maisie's condition I mean fortunately we did find out with the 20-week scan so she yeah. was really closely monitored throughout never went into a critical condition but particularly with her condition a lot it's a lot of it is isn't picked up in that scan yeah. um, in the 20-week scan um, and um, you know um, a lot of people I spoke to have taken the baby home and then they've gone into a, a, a difficult position and had to go yeah. rushed in and so um, you know, I think I think for that 20 weeks time particularly, it's really important to ask those questions, ask yeah. about the heart, check about the heart, the most yeah. common conditions, holes in the heart, etc. Really yeah. look, you know, ask them to really take the time to look. Um, 
and you know, any, any of my friends now that go for scans, it's my, always my first piece of advice is don't just like let them scan over it and check if it's okay. Ask, ask about holes, ask about um, yeah. the aorta, does that look yeah. okay? You know, ask those questions because actually that scan is fundamentally important Mm-hmm. the health of your baby going forward it's not yeah. just a gender scan or just an opportunity okay. to your baby again it's their, their job is to make sure that baby's okay so you just need yeah. to make sure that they're making sure that that baby's okay absolutely understand what you mean this one it's not about the gender we didn't want to find out anyway but it'd be nice to have a healthy baby like mm. you know so yeah absolutely as long as they're healthy but if they're not healthy you know you just get through it you know you've done it before and you can get through it yeah exactly yeah. doesn't it show you how resilient you are as a parent yeah 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 it definitely does yeah if we can cope with that then yeah absolutely it. absolutely <laughs> and do you have a uh, one other piece of advice um i mentioned earlier about milestones don't put too much pressure mm. on yourself because if they've had surgery when they're little they're likely to be behind certain things like i said teddy didn't crawl he never crawled he hated tummy time so and if I could go back again I wouldn't feel like I need to justify why my baby isn't doing things to other parents mm. and groups I would just let him get on with it you know he even had a physiotherapist bless him because I was worried about him and he just did it it took you know a few weeks a few months for him to click but he got there so mm. don't put too much pressure on yourself ignore these milestones they're scary and you know, even healthy children sometimes are behind in certain things. So, yeah, <laughs> ignore Thank them. You. Let yeah. your baby just, you know, do it when they're ready. Just enjoy them, hey? Just enjoy them. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jodra. It's been so You're great welcome. to chat to you and find out more about Teddy. It's been Very it's welcome. been great. I love I love hearing other stories from other parents who've been through similar situations because. Nobody I know has, nobody in my exactly. sort of network has. And it's yeah, just yeah. so interesting to find out more from other people mm-hmm. and hopefully help some other people out there who are going through similar that things to what we're, we've been through and what we're going through as well. Yeah. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. And I hope, yeah, other mums won't feel lonely like we felt. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more, please click the subscribe button. See you soon.